0: This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Ian Glass, Chief Quality Officer of Houston Methodist Willowbrook Hospital. Dr. Glass, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Laura, thank you so much for uh, having me. It's, uh, trust me, it's my pleasure.
0: Before we dive into the questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Certainly. I'm an honor graduate of Yale and Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine, I'm board certified in internal medicine, and I did my training at UCLA Medical Center. I've had many different administrative positions over the years with not only the Mount Sinai Hospital System and University Hospitals of Cleveland, but also I was with the Cleveland Clinic, serving as both a senior vice president of medical affairs and a regional quality officer for many years. And then I came to Houston. I've uh, been part of the HCA Gulf Coast Division And I'm currently the chief quality officer for Houston Methodist Willowbrook Hospital, a position that I've held for several years now. I'm also on the teaching faculty at the Texas A&M College of Medicine.
0: Well, fantastic. Let's dive right into the questions now. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the biggest risk you've taken in your career that paid off.
1: Laura, my biggest risk was transitioning from full-time clinical practice of internal medicine into administrative medicine. When you're in private practice, you're very self-reliant. On the administrative side, however, you have to function as a team member all the time, and you also have a boss. And this requires the need for a lot of emotional intelligence and an array of leadership skills that include team building, conflict resolution, the art of negotiation, persuasion, and how to be a visionary leader. And some of those skills I had to learn and others I developed more deeply when I transitioned into the administrative side. One of the things that I learned when I was in college taking a course in the origins of war was around conflict management and conflict resolution. I learned that when there is conflict between two parties, you never back the other party into a corner where they have no graceful retreat. What you have to do to resolve things is to offer your opponent a graceful exit so that they too will get something out of this. And this is actually what John Kennedy did with the Russians during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And there's other examples throughout history of the same kind of leadership skill. But this is a really important piece that you learn uh, to do in terms of conflict and its re- resolution. Financial analysis is another really important part of administrative medicine and the development of business plans and how to look at them and how to see the value and what the downsides are. And finally, and I think one of the most important things that I've learned is around stakeholder identification and stakeholder management. You have to be able to identify who are the people and who are the entities that have concern and or who have real interest in what it is that you're doing and then be able to address those interests and be able to be successful. So those are some of the things that I've learned uh, on the administrative side uh, as I transitioned.
0: That's so interesting to hear about those differences between just purely focusing on the clinical side of medicine versus coming into the administrative side, needing to understand business and the financial analysis, business plans, and then as you mentioned, team management as well and looking at conflict resolution. Now I'm wondering, you know, as you have taken all these lessons that you've learned throughout your career, what have you done differently to make sure that you're successful?
1: Laura, to be successful, I think the very first thing is to be A patient listener. One has to realize that all people, even the disgruntled people, have some truth that can be useful and to deserve to be heard, but you have to manage them appropriately. Otherwise, you may have the problem with the entire meeting being hijacked by them. Healing is a combination of knowledge, emotional connection, and spiritual awareness. And I try to go through life with a great amount of gratitude and humility because I realize that all gifts are from God. As a leader, you have to inspire others to make a meaningful difference in the moment, in the day, and in the world, and that there's something new to be learned every day. And one should never, ever lose the idea of wonderment because it's so energizing to your efforts, in terms of healing people, in terms of being successful, and in terms of your part in the total picture of the society. One should reflect on existence because it surpasses all understanding. And we need to realize how precious each moment is. I think that these are many of the driving aspects that I have found that have made me successful.
0: Got it. Got it. I, I think that's so um, interesting to hear, and I really appreciate you making these points and being able to, in, to inspire others. Now, how or what inspires you in healthcare to stay in your position and your role and continue to serving patients?
1: I think that in order to be inspirational, one has to have a vision, and for me, the vision really is about how we interact with each other and how we hold all of our interactions to be a sacred honor, that they really are about how we are going to make a difference in each patient's life, in their families' lives, so that we can help in the healing of the society.
0: Absolutely, I think that makes a ton of difference. Now, I'm wondering too, as the Chief Quality Officer, how do you see your teams evolving in the next year?
1: Laura, we use a lean methodology at Houston Methodist Willowbrook for process improvement. And it is our tool that enhances quality and patient safety. Lean was first developed in the automobile industry. It was utilized in order to be more efficient and to reduce error. We have taken that, as many other organizations have, and utilized it so that we can learn from everything that we do. Safety at the patient's bedside is so important, and we try to highlight that every day with learned lessons as well as our quality priorities so that we're always promoting the safest environment with excellence in uh, quality and also promoting appropriate escalation of events so that no patient is ever in a place of jeopardy. A culture of safety really requires that each team member feel valued as well. And we use our huddle boards where we all gather and look at the items of the day, what are the priorities, what are the issues that need resolved. And this is where people place their ideas and concerns that need to be addressed, and then they can be handled appropriately. We use more multidisciplinary care teams so that we're more efficient in delivering the care and that we have, again, it's the idea of stakeholder management because we're all stakeholders. We use more root cause analysis and tabletop analysis with auditing and accountability in order to ensure that the safest care is delivered all the time. We do many deep dives on hospital-acquired infections and hospital-acquired conditions to improve safety And those learned lessons are shared with the sister hospitals within the Houston Methodist system. And we all learn from each other. And it is a wonderful collaboration that is really, uh, have been energizing. We have robust systems that disseminate that information. And we also pay great attention to innovation so that we can move forward with the right efforts and be able to give the most efficient and safest care possible. Finally, we try to have it so that Houston Methodist Willowbrook and our other sister hospitals act as incubator sites so that we can have new process improvements and test them out and see whether or not they will be of value to our whole system and beyond our system. So this has been really an important aspect of where our team evolution has been occurring and will continue on through the next several years. And will be very important for this next coming year.
0: Dr. Glass, I was wondering, could you provide an example of a project or initiative that has really gone well, that you've put through this process and incubated and then disseminated to some of the other hospitals?
1: Laura, we had an interesting process improvement plan where we were going to improve our efficiency in our operating rooms in terms of their turnover. And what we found was that two people can clean a room faster than five people can. Because the two people who are cleaning the rooms know exactly what needs to be done and in what order. When you have five people in the room, it doesn't work quite that way. And what we learned from this experience was that we could get 18 minutes off the turnaround time for every one of our OR rooms which was fantastic. So we then brought this to the attention of our entire system in the System Surgery Council. And we're able then to disseminate all of this information to everyone. And we were able to utilize our lean process to continue this forward. And this has really been a game changer, saving several hours every day in terms of OR time turnover.
0: That's really impressive, Dr. Glass. Thank you so much for sharing that example with us. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, can you share three trends in healthcare that you're following most closely today?
1: Laura, I have been so impressed with telehealth and virtual visiting, and we are moving forward with this at a breakneck speed. Before this pandemic, we had virtual visits already in the Houston Methodist system. We just leveraged this and made it so that we could see several hundreds of thousands of patients annually by virtual visits. Telehealth is here to stay and the remote monitoring of patients for blood pressure, diabetes management, telepsychiatry, virtual intensive care unit monitoring and consults for rural areas that otherwise would not have access to a tertiary or quaternary healthcare system can now be had with this telehealth. In addition, I stay abreast of developments in terms of software and artificial intelligence enhancements, such as ACR Select, which helps to improve care coordination, utilization of resources, especially around imaging, and also we work hard on diminishing readmission rates. Finally, the development of medical staffs and physician leadership is a really important trend that needs to continue. This pandemic has shown that all healthcare workers are prone to burnout, moral injury, second victim, and especially physicians. And so enhancing resiliency enhancing the ability to mentor, enhancing mindfulness, where one is focused in the moment to deliver the finest care and without any errors. These are really important concepts. And so medical staff development around this is really an important piece. And that dovetails into the quality and patient safety education, which improves all for all physicians and for all organizations because of projects, data analysis, algorithm development, and our educational offerings that we have at Houston Methodist through the Houston Methodist Research Institute and through the Houston Methodist Academic Affairs in conjunction with the various medical schools that we are affiliated with. So this has really been the three big trends I see.
0: Dr. Glass, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a really fascinating discussion, and I'm excited to speak with you again in the future.
1: Laura, thank you so much for having me. I hope that I've been able to share some ideas with other people who will hear the podcast, and it has been uh, my honor. Thank you so much.